Okay. Bow, chicka, bow, chicka, bow, chicka, bow. <gasps> Then you meet my favorite character, and I don't know why. I don't. Maybe I have an alien kink. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Until he ends up actually eating two of the people there, of two of the workers, and then <laughs> they're like, "Oh, maybe this isn't such a good." Uh, she wanted something like hot chocolate, and I said, uh-huh. "No, I'm giving you, I'm giving you like minty <sighs> milk." <laughs> Welcome! Welcome! Hi, I'm Melissa. I'm Amiel. And welcome... Or Ami Smell. (laughs) (laughs) Or Ami... I was going to say Ami Yell, but that just sounds like my my name. Oh, I like Ami Yell. (laughs) That's funny. And, uh, yeah, so welcome to Click and Flick. (laughs) This is where our... we talk about video games and movies and we take a deep dive into them and tell you guys what we think about them. Yes. Yes All or no. All of our opinions. <laughs> yes or no. 10 out of 10 or 0 out of 10. That's that's it. It's ride or die here. Or anything in between. <laughs> or... <laughs> and uh and Yeah, we I do in you the contradictory. Yes, we do. Do you want to introduce the the idea, the potential? Um, so we're going to be expanding once again onto <laughs> another platform, people. Mm. And we are going to start streaming yes. a special click and flick exclusive mm-hmm. um TV review show on Twitch. So we're going to be watching TV shows and going episode by episode, or maybe a couple episodes at once, who knows, but going through and discussing um, what we like about it and what we don't like about it. So keep an eye out for that. We're going to start expanding into television Yes. And series as well as talking about movies and games. So <sighs> yes. watch out. So excited. Yes, keep an eye <laughs> out for that. Um and so with that being said, uh today's click we're starting off with is coffee talk. Oh boy. Coffee talk. Coffee talk. Now coffee talk. <laughs> I would love to keep up that accent, but there's no way I'd be able to, like, keep it consistent. Um, no, so, no. No, no, no. I, We're not known for consistency here at Click and Flick. <laughs> Dang, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, I heard about this game, oddly enough, from TikTok. Uh, it was supposed, supposed to be just kind of like a cozy game. Um, it is a visual novel. And I've never played one before. I don't know if you have, but I have not no. dabbled. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Coffee Talk is an indie game. Like I said, it's a visual novel and it came out on quite a few stations, actually. Um, it released on January 29th of 2020 and came out on uh, 
Microsoft, Mac, Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Which is really impressive. That's awesome. Um, and for it being such a small game, like uh, like an indie game, uh-huh. I think the visuals, because it's like 2D. You don't move a lot. You just sit stationary. Um, it's really yeah, neat yeah. and really well put together in that that form of sense. Um, okay, so... To start off, it is first-person view. You are a barista at a coffee shop, but it's a late-night coffee shop, and it takes place in Seattle, Washington, where it's rainy and cloudy all day long. <laughs> and I love it. I want to say that this this video game has the same premise as a TV show I used to watch called Midnight Diner on Netflix, and it was it's actually a Japanese show. Mm-hmm. And it's a noodle house that is open. They open up at midnight and basically it's like it's open all through the night. And it's about the different characters that come in and tell their stories. That's um, pretty neat. So each episode is like a different person who's there at the diner eating. And so okay. I was like, oh, this is cool. It has kind of like the same yeah um premise where it's like you get the stories in the middle of the night that you're not going to get during the day right right which i mean the the characters in the game make multiple references like a coffee shop open at midnight well hmm, risky surprised you're still in business (laughs) and you're like okay here to serve you but okay Um, there's literally no competition at this time, so. Yeah, right, honestly. <laughs> uh, it is an interactive game, which is kind of neat, because you are a barista. You are, if you, you're driven by the drinks that you're supposed to make these characters that come in. Um, some, like, tell you kind of what they want, or surprise me, or whatever, and depending on the kind of drink that you give them, basically affects their relationship with you and the outcome of the the entire story, which is really neat. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> when the guy came in, I played the demo, and so I only got the first night, but when the guy came in, he was all, <laughs> he was like, I need something hot to keep me awake. And I was like, I don't like this guy for some reason, so I was going to give him warm milk. And he was all... <laughs> i'm so glad you you did that (laughs) because i have a story for the end it's funny i was like he gets warm milk there you go (laughs) nothing to keep you awake tonight (laughs) i didn't know it would change the outcome right 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 i just i didn't even know how how sensitive the the actual drink was to the game. I knew it had play, but I didn't know how sensitive. Surprisingly, it's pretty sensitive, I guess. Um, oh, God. And, yeah. So you start off as this barista, and the first person that walks through the door is this really pretty, like, green-blue-haired girl who's got this, like, tattoo on her shoulder, and she's kind of just erratic if you will she's really peppy and and energetic yeah um she's super edgy and yeah um, edgy is a good word just like the kind of person you'd expect to see at a coffee shop at midnight yep 
Mm-hmm. Almost exactly. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, and and her name is Freya, and she is a huge part of the story. She has all. She's almost in this uh, cafe every day, every night. But uh, she's trying to write a book, so she's coming to the coffee house just to stay up, write, and move on and and get inspiration, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, you learn how to make drinks as you go. You also have this phone that you can reference to of the amount of drinks you've made, like what recipes you're looking at, um, the people that you've come in contact with. It keeps kind of like a note so you can kind of keep track of who's who, which is nice. And um, let's see. There's a Spotify app on it. I don't know if you got as far to use the phone, but it was pretty neat. Like, you could change the music and stuff. It was cool. No, the demo ends after the first night, so. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, I only so, got to make a few copies and listen to some stories. <laughs> I I immediately was off-put by the dialogue. The dialogue was very, hold your hand, we're going we're gonna to get through this together, and I just expected oh. it to be a, a lot more immersive, not mm. not really, like, Hi, I'm new here. I'm writing a book. You're a barista. Like, it just, it yeah. was very hold Like, handy. let me tell you, explain to you every detail because you can't come to the conclusions on your own. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, besides Freya, you end up meeting a succubus who's purple and cute, and I love her character. Her name's Lua. And you meet an elf whose name is Bailey's. With an S, uh, Bailey's. See, this is where it gets <laughs> weird for me because I'm like a succubus and an elf in a coffee shop in Seattle. Okay, I'm here. I'm here, baby. Let's go. <laughs> right? <laughs> I had no expectations, but I was not expecting this. I did not expect it to be so supernatural, I guess. Um, I'm with it. I'm cool. It's here. Yeah, it's like a different world. It's like yeah. a, it's like a fantasy world in the real world, right? Um, like Marvel kind of does that. Yeah, stuff. like Spider Man is in New York, and you know, right? Yeah, it was it was really neat. Um, it took me off guard, but with it elves. Uh, yeah, yeah, with elves, and <laughs> with the two of them there at the coffee shop, you get this huge de- like debacle between the two of them that he's elf um he's elvish so his family is a hierarchy and they're prestigious and the elf race is just Mm -hmm. high above everybody else and the succubus race it's like romeo and juliet right (laughs) yeah with the catapults and the monte carlos (laughs) yeah the monte carlos Are you saying that because of the Leonardo DiCaprio version? (laughs) Because I love that version. No, I was just... (laughs) No, but I was... I just wanted to say their names funny. I'm glad you did. I love it. And I'm going to forever say that. The Capulets and the Montagues. I know they're real names, people. Don't come at me. I know. Don't (laughs) add her for it. (laughs) Um, so you get this like this whole um discussion about their their triumphs and tribulations with their relationship and how they can't be together 
And then you, you know, this is going day by day. And I'm really just going to touch on when you meet the people. And then um, you meet Gala and Hyde. Gala and Hyde are a werewolf and a vampire. So Gala comes in. He's this big burly man with a bunch of band-aids all over him. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to. That's. I hate that because I watched like the rest of the Twilight movies today while I was born. <gasps> yes! <laughs> so I'm like. Vampires and werewolves. <laughs> let's just stay. Better. Let's just stay in this world. <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're in Seattle too, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so I know. <laughs> the the werewolf he works as a hospital administrator, an ER like admin. So he he sees all the. <laughs> All the nasty, gory stuff in the ER. And then the vampire is a model. A supermodel. Of course. Edward Cullen over here. Edward Cullen. <laughs> and he's super dark and mysterious and is like throwing stuff like like truth at your face. And you're like, okay, sure, hide. Literal truth. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately at this point, I started to realize I was like, I don't like that each individual character has some prestigious job title. Number one, it's not mm. relatable. Number two, it doesn't really have to be relatable. But yeah. Like, oh, and it gets Nobody worse, in too. it is like a plumber or like <laughs> only, only person is like um, you, you're a barista. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Everyone is like, hello, I'm a rocket scientist. Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do meet a cop and his name is Georgie. And he's pretty like chill. Like he just shows up and is smoking a cigarette. Like he's the most nonchalant character out of the group, but like still. Um then you meet a cat woman who she shows up as a cat initially and then poofs, transforms into this like like super oh my gosh young and like really pretty girl i think she's 18 i don't remember how old she is she's like young she's young and her dad's worried about her because she's a singer and she's got a manager and her dad is like upset because this manager's like taking advantage of her and i was like that's <laughs> That was the point where I was like, this in is Seattle. In Seattle. This, I think, like, they put it, they should have said it in LA or New York if they wanted to have all these superstars, right? You would think, right? I mean, if you're, if you're in Seattle and you're a superstar, let me know. Comment below. <laughs> I'm only like four hours from you. Can you just let me know? Oh, gosh. And, her dad is also a cat person, by the way. Her name is Because I would honestly believe it if it was L.A. and everyone there was, like, an actor or a supermodel or something. Because that's kind like, of... Like, not to be stereotypical, accurate. but yes, like, that is where all the fame and, like, everything happens. It's That's, it's where, that's where things are made, so it's easier to live there. Right. Makes but... <laughs> but I... But, but... But, but... <laughs> Oh, okay. So, yeah, you get the gist that her dad is really worried about her. She's doing things outside of his knowledge, and 
her managers creep in. Okay. Um, <laughs> then you meet my favorite <laughs> character, and I don't know why. I don't. Maybe I have an alien kink. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But you meet this guy named Neil. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. So he's in the form of a spacesuit. He's in like an astronaut suit. And he's extraterrestrial. That's like really all the vibes that you get. And he says, just let's just go with my name being Neil. And they kind of ask him, like, hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm here to procreate. Like, I'm here to breed. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, he's all 5'11, likes hikes, likes dogs, here to breed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. That's exactly what he was doing. He was on dating apps and he was like, fucking, oh, God. 511 oh I'm here. here I think ready I matched to with that guy honestly. Just kidding. <laughs> Neil, where are you at? <laughs> oh god. But I, I didn't know like I didn't know how to feel because he just kept talking about breeding and he was like, "How does this happen? How do I go about it?" And he drinks his drink with his finger. The cliché alien, I guess. Oh, wait extraterrestrial instead of his mouth yeah. yeah instead of his mouth so he was drinking with his finger but isn't it hot <laughs> i think she did she i don't remember if she made a comment like if the barista made a comment or not but they were definitely <laughs> oh like bro God. you good <laughs> like so is neil in um like disguise as a human um he he never shows his face so he He's just in this astronaut suit. Oh, he's in, like, suit. an astronaut. Mm-hmm. And he's got But the, it's, like, clear. It's, like, I mean, um, tinted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's weird because he has the face shield. You don't see his face, but uh-huh. you see, like, galaxy. So it's, like, pink. And then when he, like, laughs or or exclaims oh. something, it turns, like, yellow. It's weird. Like, um, <laughs> what's his name on Rick and Morty? You know the, remember Fart? The, yes. Like, Floating spirit. Yes. Ghost yes. guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So so he's literally hell-bent on procreation. He leaves. Bye. Um, then you meet Myrtle, who is a female orc. And she's wearing this, like, jersey, very sports-like, like, persona that she's got going on. Um, she just kind of okay. sits at the bar and is like sideways and is just smizing the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. She sounds <laughs> like my type. <laughs> <laughs> She's a game developer. Do you want, you know, <laughs> is that still your type? Because apparently, freaking apparently, everybody in this town has some kind of crazy <laughs> job title. But yeah, She's so like- she. <laughs> <laughs> what? Amazing. Amazing that all of these like prestigious career people have time at midnight to go to a cop shop. Right. Right. Oh my word. Um, but also I forgot to mention by this point, Freya has now turned her book studyings and writings to be about this coffee shop and about the people that are coming in. I forgot to mention that. Uh, uh 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. She's like, I've got it. I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of any ideas, so I'll steal other people's stories. <laughs> Bing, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that. that's it. it. Like, even the barista brings it up. The barista's like, you're basically just ripping off people's stories, but okay. And uh, <clears throat> after you meet Myrtle, um, the game developer... You meet Aqua, who I fell in love with. I love Aqua. She came in and she's this like, like she's got glasses. So she does have this like nerdy persona characteristic about her. But I love her. Um, she's from Atlantis and she's basically a mer person, a mer, mer people. She's a mermaid kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but she. Oddly enough, she's into game developing as well, and she's been going to school and making a video game. Oh my god, so wild, right? <laughs> like the fact that what you a would coincidence. Meet a- I know. So it's they- crazy. <laughs> wow, they hit it off right away. They're like, "Give me your email," and they exchange info. So. Aqua can produce her game because she's got a great idea for a game. Uh, And then a couple days pass, the FBI comes into the coffee shop and is like, hey, we know that some alien has been here. An alien immigrant is what he called him. Is basically talking about Neil. And he's like, I know he's been in here. He's been dressed in an astronaut suit. We need to find him. (sighs) So it's also a statement on U.S. foreign policy and immigration laws. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's how I felt. I was like, the fact that this is being um, brought up, I was like, this is a statement, obviously. Like, it, that's exactly where my brain went to, you know? <laughs> so th- that's pretty much the story. You just get to hear these people's stories. So as it's starting to conclude, as the game is starting to wind down, you... um you come each day turns into a compilation of the characters coming together and figuring out where the rest of their story leads. And Lua and Bailey's end up getting together again. They, they had broken up because of differences family wise. Mm -hmm. And then they got back together realizing we love each other. Why would we stay apart? So they got back together. Yeah. Freya finishes her book and he, it gets published. I know, right? Uh, Neil comes back to the shop, oddly enough. <laughs> With a girlfriend? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Rachel, the cat girl, she moves on. I ended up giving Rachel hot, <laughs> like, what did I give her? I, I made, like, uh, she wanted something like hot chocolate. And I said, uh-huh. no, I'm giving you, I'm giving you like minty uh. milk. Because <laughs> uh. I just didn't like her character. I, at the end, I was like, no, you get minty milk. Gross. Yeah. But she ends up realizing. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I did the same exact thing <laughs> for no reason. I just, I'm. It's worth it. It's so worth it. Just Bad drinks. It out of your system. Bad yeah. drinks if I don't like you. <laughs> her, uh, she gets kind of reunited with her dad. She 
understands that her manager's an idiot and moves on and is basically fine from there. Um, a photo collage kind of happens of all the other characters that that maybe you didn't give the right drink combination to or whatever. Like, you don't get to see their stories, like, unfold in front of you. So you just basically get a synopsis of them. But when Neil comes mm-hmm. back, when Neil comes back, he is in the form of a human. And he basically says... Drop the act to the barista. And you're like, what? My act? My act? (laughs) You're like, what? (laughs) And I had to do research. I had to, I had to go find something because it's, it's very, it's so open-ended that you don't even know what really is going on but there's dlc and stuff like extra days Mm -hmm. and characters you get basically what people have concluded is that the barista is an alien as well like same kind of species as neil some were even saying that the barista is their offspring is neil's offspring yeah i mm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I I don't even know what to say about this game. I did not enjoy <laughs> it. But it's not it's not only because it was a visual novel, it's also the way it was written. Uh just didn't resonate with me. I felt like I was a four-year-old trying to grasp the concept of this game and like I was being talked down to. It was so weird. It was so strange. Yeah. Um, kind of mad that I spent like twelve bucks on it. <laughs> <sighs> I should have played the demo, but regardless, <laughs> for science, I then here. we wouldn't have much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> True. We'd both be like, "Yeah, she had green hair. Cool." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I did like. Freya's hair color. I did not like her character really, but <laughs> that's like one click for her hair color. And uh <laughs> yeah. And it it sounded so intriguing because I I loved being a barista. I shit. I it was so fun, so mm-hmm. I was immediately intrigued by the game, <laughs> but um anyway, I'll I'll give it a rating. I think I'm going to give it two flicks out of ten. Okay. Okay. I was thinking two or three flicks also. I think I'm going to give it two flicks. Okay. Or clicks. Oh, yeah. Clicks. 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 Clickety-clack. So, (laughs) um, just because it's like, it did take, I mean, the, the whole premise, like I said, isn't super original. Like, I've seen it kind of done before from that Japanese show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, they just kind of like randomly decided to add like any kind of fantasy character or like alien or mo- movie monster. And I feel like, yeah, it's not really deciding. It didn't really decide what world it's in. It's like, I'm in Seattle and there are vampires. Oh, and there are orcs. Oh, and there are aliens. And it's like, well, there's like yeah. different fantasy, like they're, they don't right. all live in the same fantasy world, you know what I mean? So it's right. weird, and then it's all in Seattle, and then it's at this midnight coffee shop. 
So I just kind of thought the whole thing was weird. And then yeah, on top same. of that, just it's basically just like reading. So bowling. Bowling. <laughs> yep. Yep. I checked out. The only thing that was fun was the coffee making. And that was even hard. Yeah. Like that wasn't even. And it wasn't enough. Yeah, it like, was you had not to read enough. So much. Yeah. You know Agreed. what's fun? Overcooked. That game where you just make stuff and you're like sending it back out. I <laughs> if this love game was more like that. Overcooked. With coffee. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and then a little bit of talking, but I guess it's called coffee talk, not coffee make. <laughs> coffee make. You might be onto something. Overcooked mixed with a visual novel? Come on now. That needs to be made like yesterday. <laughs> Someone, I need to go find that coffee shop where that athletic web game developer is at so I can pitch my ideas. <laughs> Telling you. Gotta do it. She even have a, she had a shaved side like me. And I was like. Ooh. I love it. Twins. So you would officially <laughs> give it. Two clicks? I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a two also. Okay. I'm going to go with two also because I just don't really think it's that good of a game. It's kind of like those like dating simulators that you get ads for. Yeah. When you're like on your phone and stuff on Instagram, mm-hmm. you see, and it's like, mm, just kind of awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. I'm ready. <laughs> I actually, I, uh, I'll get into that later, but we should move on to the flick because coffee talk was as enough. I said enough. All right. <laughs> yes. Tonight's flick. And yes. I'm so excited for this flick because we, did you, did you already watch it? I did. I, did I rewatched you? it today. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, I tell me why I cried at the end. I'm like, oh, so beautiful. Today's flick is Spirited Away. <sighs> uh, I think this is like, I think this is new. I, okay, every time I watch or rewatch a Hayao Miyazaki movie, I'm like, oh, this one's my favorite. Right? So it, tonight, Spirited Away is my favorite. It's hard to choose. Spirited Away was my first. Was it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I grew up watching My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service when I was young. Kiki's too, And then Spirited Away came out. And I know some fun facts about this movie. Spirited Away was the first anime and only anime to win an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Oh shit, really? Uh-huh. And it was in 2001. And here's uh, my favorite fun. The funnest part about this fact is that the director, Hayao Miyazaki, refused to go to the awards ceremony. Um, and he wouldn't say why at first because Disney didn't let him say why he wasn't going. But in 2009, he made it known that the reason he didn't go was he was protesting against America's invasion of Iraq. So he was really against that, and so he refused to go to the Academy Awards. I got chills. Mm -hmm. Wow. Whoa. 
Yeah. So Hayao Miyazaki is wow. super. Um, he is very pro environment. He believes that humans and our spirits are connected with the environment, I think. And I think mm-hmm. that comes out a lot in his films. Oh, yeah. He's definitely, like, a peacemaker. So um, I think that was a big deal for him to not go to the Academy Awards when it was literally the only movie that's ever been – that's ever won um, yeah. of his. So. Wow. And this movie – this movie was the highest, like, box office grossing film I think still is in Japan is the like number one really? of all time. No, I think so. Rightfully um, so, honestly. It's okay. So let's get into it. <laughs> so we start off with a family that's moving, and oh, there are so many things I want to say about this movie too that I love so much. So Chihiro is the young girl, and her family is moving to a new town. But they kind of get lost on the way to their new house, and the dad takes a shortcut down this path that has a bunch of, like, spiritual um, symbols, little shrines that we see. Um, and we are kind of see that they're driving off into a path that's kind of leading them to the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Um, when they get there, when they get to the spirit world, they don't really know what it what it is yet it's still daylight for them and it looks like an abandoned um theme park like Mm -hmm. an amusement park but the mom is like oh that's interesting these are all restaurants and they smell food like being cooked in the distance so they're like oh let's go check it out see what's going on over there they go and um chihiro is like uh i don't want to partake in any of this like this looks like a bad idea um And I think that this can be, this is kind of like foretelling of how this show or this movie is telling us that the kids are more connected spiritually than the adults because the mom and dad, they're just kind of like, oh, let's go. They're about like consumerism and like taking what they can and they're being greedy and they're like, okay, we're just going to eat all this food. And... Chihiro, like, knows there's something inside of her telling her, like, this is wrong. We're not, we shouldn't be doing this. Right. But she goes wandering off and she ends up seeing, she ends up finding a bathhouse. Um, and she meets Haku, which is a, he's kind of, like, helps run the bathhouse. He's, like, the right-hand man of the main witch who owns it. But he sees Chihiro and sees that she's a human girl. And he's like, oh, we got to, like, save her. I'm going to try and get her out of here before. So he's like, go, um, like, get out of here before the sun sets or else you'll be you'll be trapped. And she runs back down and she goes to get her parents. And she sees that they were turned into pigs because they were being so greedy. And um, they were just eating and eating and eating until they literally turned into pigs. And she... So she runs and keeps running and gets to the river where she has to cross to get back to the human world. And it's too late. It's already dark. And she just is like, sits down and just kind of gives up. And she starts turning invisible. Like she starts to disappear. So Haku comes and gives her a berry and says that he she needs to eat from the spirit world. 
in order to stay there and remain. And I guess this comes from an old Japanese, the, I guess their, one of their creation stories kind of has this same kind of principles where there was a brother and sister and the sister ended up having to go down to like essentially what hell would be or like the underworld. And she isn't allowed to leave because she has already eaten the food. So this is like an old, um, once you eat the food of this world, that's like, you're there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I guess that was from old Japanese folklore, which Mm -hmm. a lot of the monsters actually, I was watching some videos and they almost explained every monster, even in the background are not monsters, but spirits actually are, um, kind of reflections or based on old Japanese folklore. Oh, wow. Um, and different spirits in the, I want to say, Shinto, mm-hmm. Shinto religion. Um, so Shinto is the religion that most of the spirits and the lore in this film is based off of. I see. So she eats the berry and she's able to stay in the real, in the spirit world, but in order to stay he um haku tells her that she needs to get a job or else she would be turned into a pig um so so she goes down to the boiler room and starts begging the boiler man for a job (laughs) i love his character so much yeah his name is kamaji kamaji which which I guess is a translation to old boiler man. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's kind of like this spider looking guy. He, he has six arms that he walks on and his legs just kind of float behind him and his arms extend and he's able to like do all these things and get all these things done. And. <laughs> He has all of these little um, dust mites that he has enchanted that are his little helpers. And they're the same as um, the little dust mites in My Neighbor Totoro. They're super cute. And I guess these are one of the only like creatures in the movie that isn't really based off of folklore, but is actually from just like Fire. a creation of Hayao Miyazaki's own mind where he's like, I'm going to make these cute little dust balls. Yeah. And you know what they kind of remind me of? Hmm. Those little dust mites that you fight in Stardew Valley in the mines. <gasps> yes! They have it's, those little yes. monsters that come out and you're... I'm like, those are the cutest ones to fight. Yeah. I always love the soot sprites. They, like, the amount of mm-hmm. love. It's It's like a staple from the movie. I love him so much. So he refuses to give her a job, but she ends up going with and meeting this girl, Lynn, who is in the American dub version. I forget her her name. She's the voice actor for Meg, right? In Hercules? Yes. What's her name? I can't remember. I'm sad because I actually saw her in concert. Um, I want to say... 
Oh, that's going to bother me. Go go ahead. And the Chihiro's vo- voice actor is Lilo's voice actor from Lilo and Stitch, right? Yes, yes. It's Susan Egan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. Oh. And then DeVay Chase is, is the American um, Chihiro. Yes. But actually... In the Japanese version, Chihiro is voiced by a girl named Rumi Hiragi, and she was the first child to voice a child in a Hayao Miyazaki film. All the movies before that, the children were voiced by adults. That's a big um, deal. But they really wanted to bring like that real spirit of youth and innocence into this movie. Yeah. So this was the first one with having voiced by a real child that's precious <laughs> so she meets lynn um mm-hmm. so she meets lynn and lynn ends up walking her through the bathhouse um but they kind of get separated from each other and she ends up with the witch who runs the bathhouse yubaba yubaba um yubaba <laughs> and yubaba is this like She's just this, like, short woman with a giant head and a giant baby. (laughs) I forgot about the baby. Bigger baby. And I've seen some big babies. (laughs) This baby is huge. (laughs) Yeah. Like, towers over her. Huge. Yeah. Um, But the baby... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the baby ends up being ends up being a nice ends up being nice but <laughs> <laughs> so so Haku um, helps Chihiro with um, sorry so Haku brings Chihiro over to the pig stable so that she can see her parents and basically tells her like okay you have to remember who your which ones are your parents, and you have to remember your real name mm-hmm. because when she meets Yubaba and gets a job with her, Yubaba takes her name. Yubaba ends up taking her name and giving her a new name, Sen. So here's what's interesting too about this is that Chihiro is translated to mean a thousand questions or a thousand searches. Which oh. is um, kind of, you know, telling us what Chihiro's going to be doing on this mm-hmm. in this film, right? Like, this is her, her destiny. Mm-hmm. When, when Yubaba takes away her name and gives her the name Sen, Sen means 1,000. And so that's kind of representative of showing, like, She's not even seeing her as a name anymore. She's just a number now. This is her, like, she's a worker, and now she's part of the machine that's just going to keep everything running and keep Yubaba on top, living in luxury, and keep everyone working for her, you know, living in the slums and doing everything they can to keep her successful. Um. So Haku tells her, you know, it's so important that you remember your name, Chihiro, because if you forget your name, you're going to forget your past. And I think that also is like kind of telling of how 
they see it's so important or he's he's telling how important it is to remember your name and your name is kind of where you come from it's your past and it's your ancestry you know what i yeah. mean so kind of keeping that and holding that remembrance and holding that to a certain standard of respect and importance you know it's important to know who you are and know your name and that's what haku is telling chihiro you know don't forget that or else you're gonna lose you right who you are um but back at the bathhouse um chihiro's basically like the newest one there so she's getting the worst jobs they make her go and clean the big bathtub which hasn't been cleaned in months and it's like gross and slimy and sludgy and they have to, they're in literally in the middle of scrubbing it and they're like, this is going to take days to scrub off. And they're like, oh, the customer's coming now, coming, you know, take care of it. So they're basically like, okay, we got to hurry up and just let's fill it with like some water that's like has a bunch of herbs in it. So it's super mucky and you can't see the, <laughs> the sludge at the bottom of the tub. Mm-hmm. So they fill it with water and a giant... Um, stink spirit comes into the bathhouse and basically as punishment they send it to Chihiro so that she has to take care of it and this thing is humongous Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is (laughs) it is it's huge filling up the 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 bathhouse with this like awful stench and everyone like Chihiro covers her her nose or at this point Sen covers her nose and Yubaba's like, don't do that. You're going to insult him. But, like, that's how, it, like, pungent and intense this smell was. Mm-hmm. She gives him a bath and she ends up, like, having to literally pour the faucet, like, directly on him and have just, like, a never-ending stream of hot water pouring over this monster. And it's, like, sludge coming out everywhere. And he's holding her up in his hand under the water and she reaches in and feels something hard. And she's like... There's a thorn stuck in him and she tries to get the rope around him. And what I like in this in this scene is like it's such a short moment, but she's not able to get it around. And Lynn immediately like goes in and wraps it around. And I think that's just such a statement of like this is something the animators chose to do is like Lynn's hands are more capable because she's an adult. So she got in there and got the job done mm-hmm. when Sen was struggling with something. So it's like when Sen is struggling with something, she has someone there to support and to get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was just really sweet. So they throw the rope back and everybody starts pulling on. They think this is a thorn, but it's actually a bike handle and they pull out and it's like, Popping the biggest zit, but instead of pus, it's all sludge and pollution. And it's like a bike and a dumpster and tires and just all this garbage and trash is coming out. And um, you, we realize that it's not a stink spirit. It's actually the river spirit. And he had just been polluted by so long that it, he was like disgusting. And when he finally got all that stuff cleared out, he was so thankful for Sen that gave he gave her a little ball of medicine, like spirit medicine, mm-hmm. to have um, as like a life boost for future times of need. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he goes off in the shape of a dragon, which I forgot to mention before, but 
it is similar to the dragon that we see Haku form into after he shows um, Chihiro Sen her parents. Mm -hmm. So after she goes back to the bathhouse, she watches Haku turn into a dragon and fly away, which is kind of a similar looking as this river dragon. Mm -hmm. Um, And fun fact about this story is that Hayao Miyazaki actually based that off of when he was cleaning out a river and him and his friends found a bike handle in the river and they had to tie a rope around it to clean it out because it was like stuck underneath. So that was like based off of a true event in his life. Oh my God. What a wholesome human. Like, I know. I love, I love this man. Yes. And all of this. So, after that spirit leaves, um, we also know that Sen had let in another spirit into the bathhouse. And this one's a little bit scarier. This one is called No Face. And basically, No Face offers the gold to offers gold to people in the bathhouse to bring him food but he's just endless consumption just like bringing more and more and more and giving him gold and the workers are so overtaken by their greed that they're just like you know letting this monster become bigger and bigger and bring him everything until he ends up actually eating two of the people there of two of the workers and then <laughs> They're like, oh, maybe this isn't such a good um, thing. (laughs) So they end up having Yubaba bring um, Sen in to try and get him out of there. But But Sen was up in Yubaba's room while Yubaba was down there dealing with that, watching... Haku, as a dragon, being attacked by these little paper, um, like, airplane. They're, like, they were, like, little birds cut out of papers, looking like, almost. Mm -hmm. Just going around, like, magically uh, enchanted and trying to hurt him and trying to just take him down. Um, So, Sen, or Chihiro Sen is calling him in the room and tries to get the door closed before they can get in, but... He's, like, super hurt, and Yubaba's twin sister ends up showing up because she's the one who enchanted those. Um, And she's like, you know what? He stole my seal, so uh, he's going to die. And this baby, my nephew, he's going to be a mouse now. (laughs) These three heads over here, they're going to be the baby. And this other bird, Crow, that's Yubaba's little um, twin crow little friend, is also going to be just a tiny little uh, blackbird or something. Yeah, crow thing. Like a sparrow or something. Mm -hmm. But, um, so now Sen gets the baby who's a mouse, and she's, like, now protecting them. So this is where they become friends. Mm -hmm. And um, she and Haku end up falling from Yubaba's, like, penthouse at the top of the bath, all the way down to the boiler room. And now she's in the boiler room with, um, you know, the person who's willing to help her, Kamaji. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Okay, so once they're in the boiler room, then Haku spits up the gold seal, and on the seal is a little black slug that Sen squashes with her foot and kills, and then they have to do this thing, like, where you put your thumb and finger together, and he cuts it in half to get the dark spirit off of her. (laughs) And what I love about the animators is that as then they're telling the story they do like a side cut where they show the little mouse and the little birds like running around and reenacting where they're like stop and then they do this little thing. So it's like just like <laughs> a little moment of comedic relief in the in the animation. <laughs> but basically she ha- she learns she has to go to Yubaba's twin to get the me- get him fixed or whatever. Um Oh, he spits up the seal because she feeds, she force feeds him the medicine that the other river spirit yes. gave, that the river mm-hmm. spirit gave him, gave her. So she force fed that medicine to Haku. And the way, fun fact about this scene is when they animated it, they were studying a um, veterinarian who was giving a dog medication that the dog didn't want to swallow. So the the dragon, the jaws and the teeth are all based off of that dog and the way it struggled and stuff, it seemed so, it was so intense and so real because it was based off a real dog. <laughs> wow. That, that would make sense because yeah. that scene is always stuck out in my head. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, so Sen gets no face to basically throw up everything he's been eating And she gets him out of the bathhouse. She's like, I think the bathhouse is making him crazy because he's not, he wasn't mean when I met him outside. So we learned that like this need for like consumerism and this like excessive consumption and endless greed that is represented by the bathhouse just does like negative effects to Every, anyone who gets sucked in by those powers, do you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. even this spirit, this no face spirit. Um, so she gets him, she gets him out of the bathhouse, and they get on the train to go see Yubaba, Yubaba's twin, whose name is Zaniba. Zaniba, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, Zaniba, and. This moment on the train where they're just like paused is was like an intentional moment for Hayao Miyazaki to give the audience like a break from action. Yeah. He wanted them to be able to enjoy the art and to take a breath and to take a moment to process the world that they're in and to realize that not everything in the movie has to be shot by shot, something happening, something happening, something happening. Mm -hmm. Um, He wanted to be able to slow it down. And I think that, I think that it's just a beautiful scene. And I think that it's such an iconic scene for that reason. Yes. That it's like relaxing and calming to, to watch that scene on the train, especially after everything that, is a lot to so digest. Far. Yeah. Yeah. So 
when they get to Zaniba, I don't, she's basically the opposite of her twin. Mm-hmm. She's like, we look exactly alike, but we're told the opposite. She's like, girl, call me granny. Let me give you some tea and cookies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. Basically takes care of her. And while she's there, Haku makes a deal with Yunaba, you, wait, Yubaba. Oh, yeah. To, so, so then Haku makes a deal with Yubaba while Sen is at Zaniba's mm-hmm. to um, say, like, release her and, like, her parents and let them go back to the human world. And so Yubaba agrees to this if he says, I'll get you your baby back if you do this, right. let her go. And Yubaba's like, okay, fine, but I get to test her one more time. While Sen is at Zaniba's, Zaniba gives her a little, like, hair tie made out of memories. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that she can, like, always keep her most important things close to her, right? Right. So as they're leaving Zaniba's house, Chihiro is now remembering where she met Haku before. And she says, she tells the story of when she was a little girl and she was drowning in the Kahaku River and she was saved. And she goes, you were, that was you, wasn't it? You were the spirit. You were the spirit of the river and you saved me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that was, that's my name. I remember it now. The Kahaku River, that was my name. And she says, it's not there anymore. They they paved over it and it's all apartments now. And he's like, well, that, that explains why I couldn't remember where I came from and I couldn't mm-hmm. remember my home. And this movie came at a time in Japan where they had, I guess, just had their big, like, economic crash before... I guess generations beforehand were more um, spiritually inclined. And then there was a big boom where um, people just became more capitalistic. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of things that were lost was that Mahai Miyazaki is like showing in this with this being the spirit of the river is that if the world isn't made for humans to just um, do with as we want, it's like here for us. If it's really other things have spirits just like us, um, then the things that we're doing have bigger consequences, you know, than just what we see and losing the spirit of the river, you know, the spirits now not able to go home. Yeah. Um, But after he remembers who he is and after they remember why they knew each other before, he, um, he ends up taking her back to Yubawa and she has her final test, which is he shows, she shows her all these pigs and says, okay, which ones are your parents? And Chihiro, like, without even questioning is like, is this a joke? Like, mm-hmm. none of these are my parents. 
And they all turn back into other people and they're like, yay, you got it. You won. You get to go home. It was a trick question. <laughs> um, so they end up going back and Haku tells her, you know, um, go and don't turn around and look back until you get to the other side of the, um, of the station of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where are my parents? He's like, they're already in their human form on the other side of the river. Just go find them and then go back. And they end up walking back to their car and it's covered in leaves like it had been there for days. And the parents are like, what? What's this? Like, mm-hmm. is this a joke? We've only been gone for a few moments, but it's really been like, who knows how long? Mm-hmm. And... um. In the Japanese version, and the way that Hayao Miyazaki, like, directed and intended it to be is that Chihiro now, after she passes through, then doesn't have any memories of the spirit world, and it was all a dream. Oh, wow. Um, But the one thing she does have left from it is the hair tie, and that kind of has a little glimmer at the end when she leaves. Um, but in the American version, there's a line at the end of the movie where the dad says, um, oh, you know, starting a new school, making new friends can be kind of scary. And Chihiro goes, I think I can handle it kind of in a joking way. And it kind of makes it seem like she, she has gone through a lot. Right. But I think that that's not, I don't think that that's like really how the original version intended. I think that she's not supposed to have remembered her journey. Um, But just some things that I really love about this movie is like Hayao Miyazaki wanted to make a movie for little girls that wasn't about crushes and falling in love and meeting a prince. He was like, you know, my friends, kids who have girls this age, like, I don't really think that's what they want. I want to make a movie where they are the heroine, you know? Yeah. And I just think that that's, like, I just think that that's so cool for for this movie. And for its time, and especially, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't really speak a lot about the Japanese culture, especially at that time, but that's a huge Mm -hmm. deal. Like, Mm-hmm. massive and yeah i think that this was 20 years ago <clears throat> yeah, like literally um it's also amazing that we can use animated movies and tv shows to portray that where mm-hmm. e- you know like like you said just 20 years ago that that like yeah. difference makes all the difference later on and how important it is yeah. to certain people in life you know yeah. Yeah. And one thing I love about Hayao Miyazaki movies is how, like, useful the themes are in them, you know, and how you actually can learn something from it. Right. This movie has so many statements on, like, the dangers of capitalism and consumerism and being greedy. And it's like... These, this is all now still very relevant to yep. today. Like, yep. 
Absolutely. This is something that is absolutely like at the forefront of discussion is, you know, how, what a mess this system has gotten us in, you know? Absolutely. I can tell you right now that the, the intense memory that I have of no face eating those people, the frog in particular, because the frog goes down there late at night. <laughs> that was and fast. Looking, and I was like, but you it's know his what? greed that gets him devoured. Like, yeah, he wants more gold. And yeah. so that he is gets punished. That was such a fire under my ass to not be greedy because I didn't want to be eaten by no face. Like, I, I shit you not. I had nightmares of being eaten by no face. <laughs> yeah. Even though he when spit I, them all back up, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> when this movie came out on VHS, I rented it from the library and I was sick, though. And so that night I had like sick dreams like sick nightmares about oh, it. No. It was. <laughs> it took me a long time to be able to watch this movie again. I actually don't think I've watched it since then. And mm-hmm. so I watched it again now, and I'm like, ugh, wow, this is intense. But I can see as a child, like, yeah, it's so. This movie is so fantastical. You yes. know what I mean? Like, I don't yes. feel like there's another word to describe it because everything is so magical, and the way that the the Haku is still can like go into his dragon form, his like river spirit form. Mm -hmm. And we see that when the river spirit gets cleaned out from all his junk, he flies off just in the same, like just as the same dragon. And, you know, that's also from like Japanese folklore that dragons are connected with guarding water in the rivers. Mm -hmm. And so, um, this movie is just has so much. It's like every scene, every character in the background, every detail is intentional. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Ugh, Serves it's so a good. great purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I can't give this movie anything but 10 flicks. Like all 10. All me. 10. Absolutely. And <laughs> I'm going to second that 10 out of 10 flicks for me. It- these this genre of movie just just him alone the amount of fucking bangers this guy made just yes. so good but spirited away in particular for me and i i would ass- yeah. i would assume a lot of people actually cuz this movie just by itself is just beautifully this movie written. like Broke so many records and mm-hmm. kind of set the bar so high. I think, like, I don't know. <clears throat> I there's there's a part too <clears throat> that when they're visiting um, Zaniba's house, mm-hmm. there's like a little lantern that is leading the way for them. <gasps> it's like hopping along the ground. Yes. That's an homage to the Pixar lantern in the beginning that hops on and jumps on the little eye. They decided oh. to give a little wink to Pixar. That's Because cute. these were two animation film or animation studios that were kind of coming to uh, rise at the same time. And they were kind of giving them a little like 
Yeah, we see you. We like what you do. We (laughs) see that we're the ones changing the game in in animated movies. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. And it's funny because I was watching it today, Elias immediately pointed to it and was like, light. And I was like, that's right. It's a light. (laughs) (laughs) So it particularly sticks out to me because it's so uh, like. So cute. I wonder if in the future. If he gets to watch those movies, if he's going to have the same feelings that we do about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They're it. so good. This movie was is really just a masterpiece. It's also the first Studio Ghibli film to be, like, licensed with Walt Disney and, to, oh. mm-hmm. like, Walt Disney Company and for them to have the rights to um, – like what's the word Distri- distribution rights mm-hmm. um, to make an American version. So, which yeah, is really that's neat. why we have those Disney voices in it. We have yes. Devay Chase who is Lilo, and we have Susan Egan who is Meg and Belle in the Broadway. That's so, so yeah. So. That's that it, they couldn't have went a, a better route with it because it was just. The voice acting mm-hmm. takes, especially from dubbed, like, TV series or even movies, it's so crucial you get great voice yeah. actors for it because... Yeah. Even in the mm. American dub, even Haku is um, voiced by Jason Marsden, who's a, who's a Disney guy. Mm-hmm. He's the goofy movie. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, how funny. It's <gasps> awesome. Yeah. I yeah, there's just so much I love about this movie, and I love about Hayao Miyazaki. After learning about like his intentions and his decisions for this movie, mm-hmm. I just love it. I have I a question so for you. Mm-hmm. It was something I didn't pay attention to literally until today, mm-hmm. and it's something I didn't put two and two together until today. So when in the beginning of the movie, they're talking about um, Jihiro leaving her old school and going to a new one, like uh-huh. making new friends. So my immediate thought was, okay, she's in middle school. That's like where my brain goes. Just based uh-huh. like, because they don't tell you exactly. And then they say, well, in order to break Haku's spell um, or curse, you should say, it's love, right? Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then, as the movie had progressed, I was starting to get like my brain immediately went to, well, they're so young, like why, why are they talking about love? And then my brain went to, well, mm-hmm. brother and sister kind of feel. So I'm mm-hmm. curious, did, did, what what are your thoughts about it? So here's the thing: is that I think that love, when we hear it, we kind of have a like an immediate like romantic, like romantic feel. love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think that what we get from this movie, and I think what's obvious is that it's not a romantic love. They don't right. kiss. They don't hold hands. They don't hug. No. They don't love each other romantically. She loves the river (laughs) right 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 no it's a love for nature and it's it's love in the sense of like a true connection but it's like you're you're one with nature right and these spirits 
are part of our world as well. And we work together and like they can save us and we can save them. Right. You know? Right. They- and I think that's the kind of love <laughs> that she learns. And and Chihiro is really she's just a good soul mm-hmm. because everyone in the movie she is respectful towards them she assumes the best out of everyone yeah. she meets even all the spirits like she's not a scared person when she gets a job she doesn't sit there and cry and say i don't want to work you know mm-hmm. she's going slower than everyone else but she's scrubbing the floor yeah, you know what she's I mean? doing it um because yeah. my my i mean when when i watched it when i was younger i had a horrible disposition of love and mm-hmm. I felt even when I even when I first watched this movie, which I was probably ten or eleven at the time, which was Chihiro's age, mm-hmm. when I watched it, it was a romantic thing for me, and I was ten, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. I watched it today, I felt now I I like that you said a love of nature because that also kind of kind of makes me think more out more inside of what was actually supposed to be. Be- portrayed but i also felt uh-huh. more of like a brother and sister connection that like like almost like a nature but but related yeah. like r- relationship yeah and like family yeah and it's crazy how over time and how misconstrued something can be when you are so young and you you have so mm-hmm. much life to learn that that's yeah. what your brain goes to when you hear but love, I think that crazy. I think that that's a. I think that that can be representative of the society that you are yes. brought up in. You yes. know what I mean? Absolutely. Because as ten-year-old girls, like growing up yeah. in a small town, yeah, what are we? What are we really being taught is right. like the end-all, be-all. It's right. like, yeah, you're gonna graduate high school and find a husband like (laughs) (laughs) right whereas perhaps in different cultures where it's not so much the focus is to like have a companion right but you know where they're able to more accurately express different kinds of love and having a love in the sense of like being respectful for the world around you you know what i mean right um i love it I lo- I love yeah I ca- I kind of want to go watch the rest of the movies just because I want to see what my brain thinks of it now as opposed yeah. to when I first saw them but it's crazy mm-hmm. oh. I, know, I love that movie so good I'm glad you I'm glad <sighs> you picked this one in particular especially just given prior circumstances like oh, it was such yeah. a breath of fresh air. I'm so happy with this. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. So that concludes? That is the conclusion okay. of tonight's episode, y'all. Thank yes. you for listening. Yes. Thank you we, for watching. We love talking to you. Yes. We're excited that the Animal Crossing updates are coming out this week. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> um, and, uh... <laughs> Please feel free to comment, subscribe. Comment, subscribe, uh, like. Mm. I found a video of my niece stealing my phone a few months ago, and <laughs> it's just like the top of her head, but she in the video, she's like, 
Hi guys, welcome back to my channel. Hit that bell. <laughs> so hit that bell. Hit that bell. Again, stay in tune with us. Email us when you can. I'm telling and, you. And um, tell us your suggestions. We yes. want to hear from you guys. What movies do you want to hear us talk about? What games do you like? Mm -hmm. We will play them. Also, and since since we're moving on to the streaming realm, give us recommendations mm -hmm. of what you want us to watch TV show-wise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Send us every type of media that you want us to talk about, and we will talk about it and record it. Yes. <laughs> and get yeah. it out there. In your honor. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. We'll and with that... Go ahead. We're going to catch her on the clickety flick side. Clickety flick side. <laughs> Peace. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Yeah.